the Braves finally push aside the Mets. We're gonna enjoy this sweep and uh, go to Miami and, and take care of business. Welcome to the Braves Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. From Truist Park, I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano and our features reporter Gabe Burns. And, and men, this, this was not the division clincher. But if you're a Braves fan, it sure was a special weekend. Yeah, you've got to be feeling like on cloud nine right now. Going into this one, a lot of Braves fans thought the best scenario, best case scenario is two out of three, and they leave three out of three and a win away. This team really just knows how to step on throats when it needs to. It has a killer instinct. We talk about that kind of element in sports, and they've done it before. They swept the Phillies to clinch. And now, you know, to come back and do this, it's it's really impressive. All right, coming up, we will dig into the anatomy of a comeback, how the Braves made it to the brink of overcoming their largest deficit to ever win a division title. Should we look at Dansby Swanson in 2022, like we do Chipper of 99? And what to make of the Mets now? Plus, it'll be a rather rambunctious Ask Justin segment. If you're listening to us for the first time, please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And a programming note, if this is the first time you're listening to us, we're going to be ramping up. We'll have new shows after every playoff game, so go ahead and please follow the show so you never miss an episode. The Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is brought to you by Kroger. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, let's start with what they had to say first from Brian Snicker on the sweep. No, it feels great. I mean, we're went away from accomplishing our goal when we left spring training. Yeah, this is about as exciting and emotional and uh, series as I think as I've ever been a part of, even all the playoff series and everything. This was something else. I mean, just the stadium, the support from the fans, um, <clears throat> everything. I mean, this, this was – you know, one of the bigger ones I kind of feel I've ever been a part of. You guys were here for all three. I was here on Sunday, and it it, it was Big Daddy Baseball like we thought it was going to be. It felt like it. Yeah. Going into this series, one of the keys was how hardened were the Braves going to look to these big moments? And I think you saw that over three games, they outplayed the Mets in every facet, executed in every facet, and it really looked like a team – that has been accustomed to the standard of winning versus one that is up and coming and wasn't ready for the big stage. Yeah, I mean, that sums it up right there. One team's been here before and the other hasn't. And I know the Mets have a handful of guys who have experienced it, but this team, man, um, it, it really was every facet. And you could not ask for more if you're a Braves fan, if you're Alex and thought, if you're Snit, if you're everybody. The way that this team responded in the biggest moment – you find out a lot about teams. You find out a lot about individuals. And I think that all – I don't think the Braves necessarily learned anything this weekend, but it confirmed how they – it just confirms their standing in Major League Baseball, that they're the defending champs, and they've got a pretty damn good shot at doing this thing again. The reaction in the clubhouse from A.J. Minter. We were, we were pretty excited. I mean, we know where we stand and what this series meant. And 
you know, we had to come in here and we had to come in here and sweep them, and that's exactly what we did. And, um, I'm just still lost for words of how well everyone just executed. Um, everyone did their job. Um, there's no, no flaws whatsoever, and uh, we came up big when we needed to, and that's what good teams do. I know we shouldn't be surprised that the defending champs put their stamp on this thing the way they did, but with the way everybody was stacking up their pitching and the two possible Hall of Famers the Braves have you get to, a sweep just seemed like it was so unlikely. So are you surprised at what you saw? I'll be honest, I'm not I'm not stunned. Like, <laughs> I just, just, again, like having covered this team uh, since 2017, I was the beat writer through, you know, from 2018 through the World Series, just seeing the way that this team has responded, especially going back to last year, Look, it was unlikely. I didn't expect them to do it. I thought they'd win two out of three. But, you know, I was talking with somebody ahead of the series that, you know, kind of a Braves thing to do would be to sweep and take care of this. And, again, you, you can't say enough about what this organization has done. It, it's rare that you win your 100th game and you still don't have your division wrapped up. Uh, but the way that they've battled, obviously, overcoming ten and a half games of a deficit, I mean, it's it's been a heck of a job. With their backs against the wall, this team's played their best, really. I mean, I think they've shown that all year, whether it's after losing three in a row or rattling off, you know, 14 in a row one point, eight in a row at two other points of the year, and then really hanging around in September. There were tough losses. There were tough times. There were slumps. There were injuries. There were difficult moments. But when they had to get it done, they did. Uh, and I think when you looked at this one, you saw DeGrom looming, you saw Scherzer looming, and then Bassett, who's pretty good himself. But... The Braves just outplayed the Mets in every facet, uh, and they looked like, as we mentioned, a team who'd been here before. And really what this kind of comes down to, guys, is in the, a lot of these games, there are unsung heroes and X-Factors, but your stars have to play better than the other team's stars, and that's what happened here. Both Dansby Swanson and Matt Olson each homered in every game of this series. The starting pitching was Good. The bullpen gave up a run over 12 and two-third innings, you know, across three games. Really, the Braves' stars showed up. The Mets' stars did not. Uh, and on one end of this, you had jubilation and kind of the taste of another division crown on the way uh, by the time we do our next show. And on the other side, it was pretty much like a funeral because the Mets haven't played poorly. They haven't choked away this lead. The Braves have just been unreal since June 1st. And they capped it in the unlikeliest ways of, you know, possible. Because if you're the Mets, you thought you would have had to at least get one of them here and you'd leave with none. And that's the thing is, like, I know everyone's going to clown the Mets. And I, I understand, look, they got swept by the Cubs, lost to the Pirates. They, they lost some games they shouldn't have lost. But this is more about the Braves taking this division than it is the Mets losing it. I mean, the Braves have just been absurdly hot since June. And that should be applauded. And, again... You know, the Braves lost a couple. They lost fewer games that they shouldn't have lost than the Mets did. But at the same time, I mean, this team has just been it – just, it's just been on fire. And, you know, you look back at losing four out of five in Queens. That feels like a long time ago. And ultimately, as we watch this series, however many of you watched all of these innings, the Braves were just better than the Mets. They're just a better team than the Mets. That's the The Mets have come a long way, and they're going to be good for a long time but the Braves are better than the Mets. And this is really the best iteration of the Mets that you could have expected. The starting pitching has shown up. Edwin Diaz is having a ridiculous season for a closer. 
everything has worked out for them. They're up and coming. Like you said, Gabe, they should be around for a long time. But anyone who saw this series saw almost the shift in Braves baseball over the last year. Uh, last year's team was hot. Everything went right in October. Everything broke right. Everything went well. This year, this team is just playing good. You look at the lineup up and down, and there was no break in that lineup. And the Braves are the perfect matchup for the Mets because guys like DeGrom and Scherzer, even on an off night, are only going to give you three or four pitches that are clear misses right in the middle. And the Braves are the team that can take advantage of those. And they've got a deep lineup. They punish you. Um, you know, we talk about the homers from Olsen, from Swanson, from Austin Riley that first night. But then you have Travis Darno on an eight-pitch at bat against Chris Bassett uh, in a go-ahead, you know, two-run single. You have guys like Orlando Arcia turning the lineup over. There is no break, and then you look at their pitching staff, and it's as good as it's ever been in this stretch of recent years. That being said, after game 112 on Wednesday, August the 10th, the Braves were still down seven games. They were down two and a half last week. Was there ever a time you thought, I don't think they can catch the Mets. I think the Mets are just better. Actually, no. Um, I thought the Mets were better when we did this show early in the year, but there was always too much time in this race. And I said on our last show, so I'm not trying to be smartest man in the room, (laughs) I said on our last show and in our live show, thank you for those who attended, that there was always too much time in this race because the Mets have shown they will lose three to the Cubs. They will lose one to the Pirates. They will lose a couple to the Nationals. Even if the Braves had only taken two out of three here, the Mets still had to win all three against the Nationals at home, something they showed they couldn't do last time. But this is remarkable. Everybody counted the Braves out. It got pretty close to the time where you were going to say, okay, think about just resting the starting pitchers, line everything up for the wild card, get healthy, all of that stuff. And they respond with the best baseball they've played and as Gabe mentioned, on this field for three days, they just looked like the better team, and it, it wasn't very close. And I'll add this, too. Like, coming out of spring training, the version of the Braves that we saw and the version of the Mets that we saw, if that if that kind of plays out without too many changes over the year, maybe the Mets do win this division. But there's an element. It's not all luck because the Braves continue to do it, but Michael Harris comes up from Mississippi, and he, had a, he has a case for team MVP, right? Oh, yeah. You have Von Grissom playing the way he did, filling in for Ozzy. Oh, by the way, you have a rookie striking out 200 people. You have Kyle Wright winning 21 games when you weren't even sure if he's going to be you know, a rotation staple for you. So as you go through it, there's a lot that just added and supplemented that this core here with the Braves that really put them over the top. And maybe if they wait longer to call Harris up, maybe this looks different. I don't know. But – it's, it's just it's fascinating to see that the organizational depth, the young player development that the Braves had, that's ultimately what won them this division. 100%. Uh, and when you looked at these three games specifically, and the really the Mets and the Braves, we knew how they were different. The Mets don't hit for much power. They rely on stringing together hits, getting the big knockout punch some way, working pitchers, and it had worked for them against the Braves earlier in the season. But the Braves rely on power. They strike out a lot, so that's the way you can get them. They didn't strike. DeGrom struck out 11 and gave up five hits, but three of them were home runs. Scherzer gave up two home runs. Um, Bassett was out after two and two-thirds innings. The Braves really showed kind of almost the ease of their offense, right? 
And I think that came, the perfect example to me was Saturday night when the Mets strung together three hits against Kyle Wright and scored a run, and the Braves get a check swing, you know, excuse me, single from Ronald Acuna, and then Dansby Swanson hits a two-run home run. And really, that's the thing that should probably give you the most confidence about this team going forward if you're the Braves, is that they win games in less strenuous ways like that. They can win in different ways, but they don't need to string together a ton of hits because you're not going to do that against good pitching very consistently. And I think what you mentioned, Gabe, the organizational depth, top to bottom, and the player development really goes back to what you know Terry McGurk did in hiring Alex Anthopoulos and what Alex Anthopoulos has done to revamp scouting, revamp player development, things like that, where you're really starting to see organizations like the Yankees who thought, you know, once upon a time they could just buy everybody or trade for everybody. No, you're really seeing that you've got to grow this and you've got to build it and it's got to be in your own backyard um, and you have to create that well-oiled machine. And that's what the Braves have. And that's kind of the level they've ascended to over this last year. Yeah, and remember we were talking about how their farm system had dropped off. You know, Strider wasn't a top 100 prospect. He should have been. Uh, We know how great, you know, Harris was. I thought Harris was underrated the whole time he was a prospect. He was never ranked as high as he should have been. And, of course, you know, what Grissom was able to do for them. But just one last thing, kind of on your point about the lineup and the power, there's not many teams in the majors that can match this. That's one thing that stands out. And you make a good point talking about the – going into the postseason. I mean, we're talking about the Astros and the Dodgers, basically, as far as, you know, earlier Justin and I were looking at the Dodgers lineup and we were kind of debating which lineup would you rather have, the Braves or the Dodgers, and that's it's a fair debate. I mean, you could go either way. Uh, so there's not many that can match it. So that's just that's something important to remember here as, as we enter the postseason. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The Braves Report is brought to you by Kroger, and Kroger has scary good savings for Halloween season. Save up to 20% on Halloween decor, lights, and, of course, your Halloween candy. Visit your local Kroger store or kroger.com slash Halloween. Speaking of the depth in the lineup, we saw it from Dansby. We saw it from Matt Olson. We saw it from Austin Riley, the big hits and the power. And in this series, what Dansby did, and, and to a lesser extent, maybe what Matt Olson did, we'll draw comparisons to Chipper in 99. Except Dansby doesn't really remember because he said he was five, but Snitcher does. I know, right? It, it's, um, you know, I said, I think yesterday or whatever, I, I can't think of anybody I'd rather have in that position than Dansby. You know, when the game's on the line, big at bats, um, <clears throat> you know, so, it, you know, with the. I don't even know if anybody – that play he made in the ninth inning is unbelievable. That bat hop, grounder, he feels off his chest and then, you know, throws out a fast runner. I mean, that, that, that's why he's so special to us and so important to us, just that right there in and in itself. And he may have picked up another couple million dollars this weekend. Yeah, you know, when Snit spoke glowingly of Dansby Saturday night, I wrote in my story that maybe Dansby wants to print that quote out and put it on Alex's desk. <laughs> uh, 
He's uh yeah, I mean look, he needs if he's gonna get compared to Chipper, he needs to make some kind of remark about the uh Mets fans putting their stuff away and getting their <laughs> Yankees gear out. But no I mean look, this is this is the ultimate, you know, show up for him, like for him to homer three straight times. We already know he's you know, he's got the whole heart and soul element. He's going to be a hard guy to replace. Okay, like we're we're we have plenty of time to talk about this whenever their run is over. But you you know you let Freddie go and you can get Matt Olson. You let Dansby go. I don't know what your other option is, but he's he's very valuable to this team. And I would just say the Braves are clearly a better team with Dansby right now, obviously, and long term. I guess we can't say Matt Olson is also out of his slump. Uh, yeah, you know I. I it's not a secret that September was quite a struggle for me. Um, started feeling better in, in Washington, able to get the barrel with some stuff, and um, you know was happy. I was able to to kind of get it on the right track for the series. Justin, it's amazing what a day off will do for a man. Yeah, and Matt Olson admitted when we were talking to him in D.C. earlier this week, um, or I guess last week now, that he just he didn't know what that off day would do for him, and he goes into it, and he got to watch the game from the dugout. And Brian Snicker told him, he goes, look, I don't pre-plan these things, but he just looks around the room. You know, he feels out a guy and sees a guy, how he's reacting and sees him at the plate, watches he at bats. And he decided, okay, today's the day. Um, and Matt Olson eventually got into that game, but he was able to watch most of it from the dugout, able to sit and kind of slow things down a little bit. And since then he's been on a torrid pace, including four home runs. Um, and he's really back. And this is, Kind of the DNA of this Braves team is these stars being able to show up when the moment is the biggest. And he had struggled, you know, this month prior, but or the last month, but really in this series you could not tell any signs of a slump. And uh, this is huge for them going into October to have that middle-of-the-order bat um, along with, you know, the positive signs from Dansby. Ron Lacuna was back as of a week ago. Um, Austin Riley has slumped a lot, but is still giving, you know, some tough at bats here and there. Travis Darno is having one heck of an offensive season. Matt Olson was that piece that they needed to get going. But even amidst the slump, you look at the guy's numbers and he's just having an incredible year in terms of run production. And that and that we, we talked about this in the in the press box midway through the game, how deep this praise lineup is. The most memorable thing Ron Lacuna did in this series was that check swing that went over the first baseman said and the Braves swept the Mets. How crazy is that? Because for a couple of years there, Ronald was the he was dominating the conversation always, yep. and now he was. I mean, he was an afterthought in their biggest series of the year, and it's not because he didn't play well. So uh, again, yeah, it's a testament to this lineup. You also have an All Star designated hitter that you didn't even start today or yesterday. Biggest, yeah, yeah. I mean, in your biggest game of the year, your biggest series of the year. I mean, he came in obviously faced Diaz, which was. Nice troll there by Snit, if that's what that was. Uh, <laughs> that was a but, uh, it's Again, it's a – and look, I don't think Ozuna should have been playing today, but the point stands, the depth you have and the ability that you're able to get away with that kind of stuff is uh, – it's a testament, again, to what this team has going. This will come up in the Ask Justin segment, so we'll get away with it now. Um, anything wrong with Contreras? Why did, uh, why did he not play for a couple of games this week? Yeah, Snicker said there was nothing wrong. It was just, you know, getting Ozuna in there and uh, – swore there was nothing wrong so I mean I guess we'll go on that until we know more can find out more but it was curious I mean we'll only spend a minute on this because in the grand scheme of what we're talking about in this podcast it's really a footnote um, unless there is something serious but 
you look at him and he is one of your most important bats. He needs to be playing almost every day, um, regardless of situation. And there are a lot of smart people who run this baseball team, but he needs. You would think he needs to play almost every day for you to have the best chance of success. He's going to be big for them this month. Like, I mean, again, Justin just laid it out very well. I mean, you just Ozuna does not need to be your starting DH when these games are of the utmost importance. One thing that that has, has truly lived up to the hype here has not been a surprise is we talked about it in March and, and all season long that the Braves had a chance to win the World Series again because their bullpen appeared to be even better than the one that won the World Series last year. And this weekend proved how humongous of an advantage that is. It says that, you know, we believe that we were one of the best bullpens in, um, last year and we can carry it over to this year and it's a you know, different different team. Um, so it's just a matter of um, we just want to be the best. We want to we give each other, each person down there, we help each other. Um, when we struggle, we always you know, pick each other up, and it's not it's no egos down there. Everyone wants to, you know, do their part, and that's that's what makes us good. I think that's AJ Minter again. And Justin, I know fans get get frustrated at points in the year when when Smith rests certain guys, but this is what you're saving the bullets for. And it, we saw it last year in the playoffs that he rode four relievers all the way, and they pitched in every game that mattered. We saw it in these three games today. Iglesias pitched every night. Jansen pitched every night. Minter looked great. Dylan Lee looked great. All the bullets were deployed here. This is what you do it for. Um, I remember on an April night at, at Dodger Stadium, we asked Brian Snicker, and I think we had the quote on this podcast, about using Sean Newcomb in a situation after... A reminder, Sean Newcomb was on this team uh, this season. Right, right. And it it's one of the great heists in U.S. history that Alex Anthopoulos got Jesse Chavez for him. But anyways... On an April night at Dodger Stadium, Brian Snicker opted to use Sean Newcomb after Enoa got lit up early. And a lot of Braves fans saw that as waving the white flag. But it was April 18th or whatever it was, 15th. This, that's why you do it. You got to have these guys the whole year. It's a marathon, not a sprint. They're trying to keep them upright. That's the word Snicker always uses. Uh, and you really saw it in this one. Kenley Jansen, this was only the second time this year that he's pitched three days in a row, uh, and he got, you know, the save every night. Uh, and the other time he pitched three nights in a row in Miami in August, got the save every night. You hope he's rounding out into form. He's looked a lot better lately uh, since that blown save in Seattle. But really this bullpen, what I like is the maneuverability and kind of how you can deploy different guys. You've got Dylan Lee to follow up, you know, your starting pitcher. You've got a guy like Colin McHugh who can do one or two innings in middle relief. You've got A.J. Minter, Rysel Iglesias, Kenley Jansen, who can close games. I mean, you have so many options for these guys, and you saw it, a good a good Mets team that worked the starting pitchers. I mean, I'd argue the Mets looked better against the Braves starters than they did against the Braves bullpen uh, all series, and it was a very noticeable difference, a stark difference, uh, and the Mets were just completely dominated by this Braves bullpen. Speaking of heists, what's that? Uh, one earned run for Iglesias in 27 games here? Yes, it- for uh, Tucker Davidson and Jesse Chavez, and then Jesse Chavez <laughs> returns as a, as, a, as a waiver claim. Yeah, and, and Tucker Davidson is a really nice kid, but he's not the kind of guy you're going to miss. Uh, so, uh, again, once again, Alex nails it, taking on that contract, and you're obviously covered. Uh, I imagine most Braves friends. Braves fans don't expect Kenley back, but regardless, you've, you've got your closer for next year. And the way you're able to use him, the way you're able to use McHugh, it's a very deep bullpen again. Justin laid that out very well. 
And look, I don't know. I don't know what to expect going into the postseason with this stuff because last year, this same time, we were all talking about how Will Smith is going to blow a game in October. And Will Smith goes on to have the greatest month of his life. So Kenley's experienced. He's been there. I have no idea what to expect, but I'm fascinated to see it. Yeah, and I think here's the interesting part of this as we go on to October. Uh, We see the turning point today was Travis Darno's at bat. The turning point can really come any time in these games, especially in games in the postseason, as you guys know. I mean, you guys have watched them here for a few years now during this era of Braves baseball. I found it interesting that Brian Snicker here on Sunday Night Baseball and other times has used Rysel Iglesias in the seventh. Or today, he used him for the meat of the Mets order. And I think that is such a big weapon to have. The last three outs of the game are obviously so tough to get, and they're the most important outs. They seal the victory. But you can lose a lot of games in that seventh inning or that sixth inning. And you being able to use a guy like that, a closer like that, in those spots against the heart of another team's order, or to use a guy like Minter like that, leverage has changed. And I think, you know, maybe the casual fan doesn't recognize that, but that's the way these guys think nowadays on teams is that high leverage spots can be in the sixth inning, can be in the seventh inning. I mean, that doesn't mean eighth or ninth inning. You don't have to define roles for every one of these guys. And I think that's what the Braves do so well is they actually have the pieces to deploy that strategy. As for the Mets, you know, this could not have gone any worse. DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett combined to give up 11 earned runs. As we kind of, you know, start looking ahead to, to the postseason bracket, what is this team without its aces? Well, I mean, they're nothing without their aces, but I would certainly expect those guys to be better. Uh, I'm going to let Justin take the bulk of this one because he covered these uh, pesky New York Mets. But I, I, I certainly I think they're they're still a contender. They can, they can be fine. It They'll go as far as DeGrom and Scherzer take them, as we saw this weekend. So the Mets came in here and they knew they had to win in these scenarios, one of these games. And they probably figured DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, no problem, right? Well, after Saturday night's game, uh, Tim Healy, who covers the Mets for Newsday, tweeted out a Brandon Nimmo quote. And this one's really telling. He goes, it feels terrible. Yeah, it feels terrible. Those are our guys. Those are our best shots. They stuffed them in our face. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. And that is kind of the mood of the Mets room. And I heard from people that... That was a funeral on Saturday night with a game to go. And with Chris Bassett, who's a very good pitcher, on the mound Sunday. A game, if you win, you're still in the driver's seat to win the division. Exactly. And they it, it was almost like a funeral in there after two games. And that's why. And that kind of shows you the difference between these two teams. The Mets need those aces. And you know what? If you're the Mets or a Mets fan, maybe you kind of circle the wagons now. And maybe the rallying cry is, hey, chip Pitching staff's going to have a chip on its shoulder. Those guys, DeGrom and Scherzer, come out, have a great October, whatever. You know, guys like Pete Alonzo, like Francisco Lindor, remember how this felt. Remember how these three games felt. And maybe that's what you do is you kind of circle the wagons that way. But this team clearly needs more from its starting pitching than it got, you know, four, you know, 11 earned runs over 14 innings, I think it was. Um, and that's not going to fly when you've got an offense that – is very, very reliant on stringing things together, and that, that's tough to do against good pitching. It's going to live and die with its starting pitching because 
the middle relief isn't good. And you saw Buck Showalter shy away from that as long as he could in this series. Because for the Mets, it's have a starting pitcher throw six, seven innings and pray you get to Diaz. And I think that's going to be the recipe for them. And you saw in this series, as much as they were to fight, as much as they want to put together good at-bats, if their aces don't take them places, it becomes really, really tough because they've got to just have a more specific recipe than the Braves do. And now this the, is what they're paying for. Yeah. You know, we talked about that these last couple days. That's when what you the $40 million's for. Yeah, you pay Max Scherzer $43 million a year or whatever. He needs to win that game. He doesn't need to give up a couple home runs. The reason that we're, DeGrom keeps talking about how he's opting out and he wants, you know, $50 million a year for whatever it is, then – I mean, this is it. This is what they're they're spending their big money on. This is what they expect to be their you know their ultimate. Why they end up winning the World Series? And look, it's it's still terrifying, right? If those guys are on their game, they can shut you down and they can win. They can win a series for this team. But I mean, if you're a Mets fan, like I don't, or even if you're a player, I don't blame you for being peeved. It's not all on them. It's not like they just got lit up. But it was certainly disappointing from from all of those guys, Bassett included. Now, this is not the first time that the three of us have been together at Truist Park this week. On Thursday, we had our first ever Braves Report event, our live version of the podcast just for subscribers and fans of the show. And and what a turnout and what a night we had just around the corner. It was just a ton of fun. I mean, thank you to everybody who joined us. Uh, there were terrific questions. It was terrific conversation, tremendous engagement. And that was just fun to do it because you get a look at the people who enjoy us doing and This is why we do it was for those people who listen and for everybody listening now uh, to be able to just go up there and talk some ball and, you know, hang out with you guys, but also hang out with our wonderful subscribers and the people who support us and all the great questions and the engagement we got. We couldn't have been more grateful for such a great time. And I know Gabe, you know, just looked like he had a ball too. Yeah, it was awesome. Like you guys are the reason that we're able to do this. I mean, my gosh, we're watching and writing and talking about sports for a living. Yeah, it's, Life's it's a, good. It's a heck of a life, and it's, and it's because of you guys. So th- everyone who came out, thank you so much. Uh, I actually ran into a couple of you in the ballpark on Friday, which was really cool to see. And uh, we're definitely going to do that again, and we look forward to hosting even more people. But, again, like seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you guys. It was a really awesome experience for us. And, you know, the Braves are such a big part of Atlanta and such a big part of the AJC. And the amount of interaction, readership we get out of it, I mean, it's just so rewarding. So thank you. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and I think it's should be mentioned that all the people who sub- support us and subscribe, th- those are the reasons we're going to be in St. Louis or in L.A. or wherever this postseason journey takes us. And it's also cool to note that because of that, we're going to be on the ground. We're going to have more sound telling the stories of the postseason you know, behind past just the scores. And I think we're going to be, you know, doing that every night. And that's going to be something cool that we can bring you guys a podcast every night. We'll have Jay on the road, you know, at home and on the road with us. And we'll be setting up every night. And it's just fun to be able to do that. Like Gabe said, there are so many things you can do in this world. And I don't know if there's a better one than this. 
And if you are not a member of our community, that's one of the many great perks to being a subscriber of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You're also time to load up for the playoffs because we're going to have terrific coverage in the e-paper, wonderful visuals and, and graphics and layouts, plus the Braves Report newsletter, uh, Bradley's buzz from Mark Bradley, and all the content that you can get on AJC.com. Go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast, and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast, so you always know what's really going on all right up next final series of the season at miami but no time to relax nothing's done yet i mean this is still part of the journey and there's still plenty of time left to go so uh there's no point in exhaling i feel like you just got to continue to go out there and compete and perform each and every day it'll be bryce elder against uh, jesus lazardo on monday at 6 40 in miami so everybody's gonna c- catch a plane here early in the morning but braves magic numbers one they either got to win one or the mets got to lose one chances the Braves get swept by the Marlins and the Mets sweep the Nationals I would bet a home I'll bet Gabe's home and my car <laughs> I guess on the, both all of our cars got it would be it would just have to be a disastrous situation it will not happen I can tell you that right now especially because the Braves treat uh Lone Depot Park in Miami like it's Coors Field and I think uh it but the you know obviously the job's not finished but it says enough that we're doing this podcast as if they have won their fifth straight division title. Yeah, the last time that the Marlins won a game that mattered, I was like 10 years old. I'm not <laughs> counting the fluky Cubs series in 2020. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Justin laid it out. Now, the Bra- Braves win the NLEs. By the time you're listening to this, maybe you're listening to it on Tuesday and they've already won. And which brings us to our first uh, question on the Ask Justin segment where we answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter at Justin C. Toscana. From Corey, is the NL East over? Asking for Sal Licata. Uh Sal is obviously, for those who don't know, a New York television personality who declared this NL East race over back in May and said even if the Braves even if the Braves get hot, it'll be too late and they won't have enough time. So, Sal, uh, I think the NL East is over now. Next up from Cardi Kicks, Dansby extension soon, question mark. And if so, what would you guys think the deal to be? Years and money. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be sometime in the offseason. I think they, at this point, uh, I mean, I could completely be wrong and they'll spring something on us in the off days between the regular season and the NLDS. But they've got to get something done. I mean, I would expect years, maybe five or six, and money to be over $100 million. It might climb to 130 140 150 uh, at this point with how he's played and how he's finished the season. And that's just my own gut telling me that. That's just a guess. Um, but, yeah, it, it they've got to keep him. I mean, you can't overstate this. You talked about it earlier, Gabe, and I think uh, he's just a winning player. He has the proverbial it factor, as his college teammate Kyle Wright said, uh, and he just wants to win and gets it done and performs in the biggest moments. Yeah, uh, yesterday's price is not today's price. So no, it's we, not. Were, <laughs> yeah. we were talking 130, 140, and that number is – the last three days have increased that number alone, and I have a feeling that he's going to use uh, all of this month as his own campaign to get even more. So he's he's already a rich man. He's going to be a much, much, much richer man uh, sometime in November. And we apologize for the blowers above us as they try to clean up Truist Park here as we wrap up the podcast. Uh, from Skyler Hyde, I need Spencer Strider. Can you promise me he will pitch in the postseason? Uh, no, because 
oblique injuries are considered to be the trickiest probably that a baseball player can suffer. Uh, but he should be throwing off, you know, begin throwing at some point this week. And the good part about this is that obviously with the Braves winning division, they avoid the wild card round, which gives Spencer Strider extra rest. And so that helps a lot. So it looks like he will be able to return, but, you know, don't hold your breath quite yet. From Big Mike, could Ozzy be back for the divisional round? He's still got a cast on. It would depend when that comes off because it looks pretty big to kind of encompass his hand, his pinkies there, his pinky there. Um, but, you know, you never know. I just don't see it right now because that would mean he'd have to be able to grip a bat and a ball and throw and hit and, you know, all that stuff in the next week and a half, and we just haven't seen him do all that quite yet. Now, he could be doing it behind the scenes, but he can't really do much until he's got that cast off. And last one is from Noonan. Where's Matzik? Yeah, that was a curious one. We didn't see him, um, and I was surprised we didn't see him today uh, with him not being used and maybe them, you know, I guess this is like a game 163 to them. But, uh, yeah, um, he hasn't been used, and we haven't heard much on that. Yeah, actually, you know, we were talking about how Acuna was kind of an afterthought. Kind of crazy that we've talked this much about the bullpen in these last few days, and Tyler has not been involved. It's kind of wild to think about. All right, wrap it up here with winners of the week. Ooh, my winner of the week is uh, Truist Park, the fans. Uh, Brian Snicker, as we had in the open that quote, said that this was kind of like a playoff atmosphere and like one of the special ones is experience. And part of that all weekend, you've heard these guys talk about this. And so the truest part crowd is the winner of the week because it really, it's really one of these places that I think gets in, you know, the Mets's head. They haven't been on the stage and to step out here in front of the visiting fans, uh, you know, and it was a pretty raucous atmosphere and you could tell that all weekend truest park is rocking. Most tickets sold since the year 2000. That's pretty cool. In a smaller stadium. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy to think about. But winners. Uh, well, first of all, we mentioned Dansby. He's of course a winner. Uh, his his team is awesome. He's awesome, and he's making more and more money by the day. Matt Olson's a big winner here. He's kind of this is kind of a big like Atlanta weekend for him, right? Him be he's, he has a little signature moment hitting these three home runs. Happy for him, and and you know what? I, I kind of feel like Max Freed is a winner. You know, he's out there sick. You know, he kind of guts through that outing, uh, ends up throwing up. Everyone's going to remember that. That's going to be kind of a memorable moment of his career that he pitched against DeGrom and was throwing up and had to leave. And, and beat him. Yeah, and, yeah. and beat him. So, you know, good for him. I think I hope he's feeling better. Good for him. Was, was, uh, was he gutted through that one? Was that pun intended or no pun intended? I think Part I wrote that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, probably. Uh for me, it's 100 wins. Brace's first 100-win season in almost 20 years, since 2003, uh, which seems almost impossible. And the new playoff format, because it feels like the Mets are in a lot of trouble. The team that's going to lose the division now, yes, you still have a chance, but it just seems like the consequences are, very, are much stiffer now to not win the division. Well, Jay, we talked about um... – we just talked about this about 10 minutes ago about how much the Mets rely on their starting pitching. Well, you go Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer in some order, Chris Bassett for potential game three. That leaves you guys to start in L.A., Carlos Carrasco, 
or Taiwan Walker for those first couple games and uh, go look up how that has gone recently, especially against bad teams. And and you have a bullpen that is not deep at all, and they they're gonna have to put together some innings now in the in the in the wild card round and possibly the division series. And then you're looking at in the wild card round, even if the Aces come to play, uh, which I would expect them to. Are these Mets going to score? I mean, they've had trouble scoring at home against mediocre and underwhelming competition, frankly. And now you look at them and they've got to win at least, you know, they've got to win two more games. They're vulnerable. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. And we were talking about this earlier. Like, if you're the Dodgers, you're hoping the Padres win that series because the Dodgers own the Padres. Yes. And then you avoid going up against DeGrom and Scherzer. So, either way – I expect the Dodgers to be in the NLCS. Uh, I expect the Braves to be in the NLCS. I felt all year we've been building up toward that. Uh, we're here, and I still expect to get it. But really interested to see if something ends up throwing that off. And if uh, that happens, we will be there for every Braves playoff game, not only on AJC.com and in the e-paper, but also on the Braves Report podcast. We're going to have a lot of shows coming out. So save your words, man. we got a lot of ball to talk about here coming up in the month of October. So, Justin, good luck in Miami, and uh, we'll talk to you again here pretty soon. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining me. Thanks for everybody listening, subscribing, and uh, supporting us. And, gentlemen, when we do this next show, we're going to have a pretty good idea of what the Braves have coming to them in the NLDS. All right, you know the drill. Please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell us how we can improve as we load up here for the playoffs. We'll have new shows coming up after every game right here on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.